If teachers are short on patience, time, and money at the beginning of the year, there is a straight-up energy crisis. Today on Happier Music Teacher, how to have more energy at the beginning of the year. Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. Today's podcast, People and Promotion Spotlight, shines on Artie Almeida. There are a few people who should be on my Mount Rushmore of music educators for the elementary space, and Artie Almeida's picture should be right there. It occurred to me this week because I had a few things I was struggling with at my new campus and my new school, and Artie had every solution for it. I was a little overwhelmed with my quantity of ORF instruments and how to introduce them to a new campus. Mallet Madness. I was a little bit unsure about a flashy wow for a performance. Quadraboom. She is well-spoken. She is well-educated. I just love everything about her. One of Artie's recurring events, and the first time that I've seen her in person, is the Artie Denise and John Symposium for Music Play Online. If you get a chance, check her out. ArtieAlmeida.com. This week's verse of the day, Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Today's Mindset Minute is on the concept of planned ignoring. There is so much wisdom in this at the beginning of the year because you simply cannot do everything. It's very close to that concept we talked about a few weeks ago about the rotation of neglect. But this is a little bit different. This is, instead of neglecting, it's ignoring. Um, I've actually seen it in some behavior plans for ignoring student behavior. Not that we are blessing it, not that we are um, condoning it, but sometimes we don't have to add fuel to the fire. We don't have to react to everything we see in here. Sometimes a little plan ignoring just takes the gas right out of it for the student and they decide to do the right thing because it's not working for them anymore. There's no payoff. In our classroom, that plan ignoring can look like you are on your first day, you don't have to get the music closet alphabetized and organized. There are not now jobs and that's okay. You're making a decision. It's not happening to you. So as you go back this week, see if it's a little energizing to think about planned ignoring in your classroom. Whether you've been in the classroom one year or 20, the beginning of the year takes a tremendous amount of energy. Not just physical energy, but mental energy, emotional energy, spiritual energy. It just is one big energy drain. Sometimes what we think we need is more time when what we really need is to manage our energy better. Danielle Larrick, better known as At Musical Middles, gave a fantastic presentation on this at the Winter Thaw for F-Flat Books. I don't know if the replay is available, but if it is, I'll put it in the show notes for you. Really great presentation talking all about this about energy. Here's my thoughts on energy. One of the first ways to have more energy, which comes to mind quickly, is fueling your body better. Now, if you met me, you would know I do not look like a health nut. If you saw me eat, sometimes you'd think I do not eat like a health nut. But I am aware of feeling my body better, and I think it would help you too. I think a lot of what happens is we get sold these counterfeit ideas of energy that don't really move the needle. 
or they're short-term fixes that leave us worse off than we were before. So we feel like we're a little low. We grab that caffeine in the afternoon. We're up for a bit, and then we crash or messes with our sleep. You're all going to think I'm having out for caffeine, don't you? Sugar. Sugar crash has that name for a reason. So think about that counterfeit energy before you do it. Yes, you're hangry and you open a Snickers and short term it feels like a good idea. But what you're ending up doing is you're just doing whack-a-mole with the different energy things to keep you going. Your blood sugar is going up and crashing. It's not great for your body. So instead, think about real energy. And I am straight up scared of energy drinks. I don't know. Um, I don't touch them with a 10-foot pole. Like I said, I'm just a chicken. I'm scared of them in general. And as tempting as they might be, I kind of feel like a lot of these things, if they work well, they're dangerous. And if they don't work well, they're just kind of a ripoff. So I would just steer clear of the monster drinks, the five-hour energy drinks, whatever people are doing. Red Bull? Is that still a thing? Okay, this tip might be a little controversial, but go with me. I was already doing this anyway, but I felt confirmed. I felt seen when I read it in Jessica Perez's book, Take Note. And what she says is talking about trying to leave at contract time in the afternoon, and if you're going to do other time at work, to go in early if possible. Now, for a lot of us, it is not possible. Work is far away. It starts stupid early. We have young children. It is all we can do just to get there on time. But if you're in a different season of life, most of us um, are fresher in the morning, a little bit better focused, a little bit better mood. And what might take you one hour in the afternoon could seriously take you 45 minutes to half hour in the morning because you're that much better focused and have your energy more in pocket. Think about it, and then at the end of the day, you're free to go home. Not to mention your focus is gonna be better because you haven't been teaching tiny humans for eight hours straight. If you think about your energy output as actual wattage, don't waste your peak times on those lower priority tasks. Not everything is created equal. Not everything needs the same amount of focus and energy. Um, so sometimes I notice I was in the early morning, getting up early, coffee, Bible, and then I'm scrolling Facebook. What a waste of my precious energy and my peak time in the morning that I try to protect so much. We've all been there. I hope we've all fallen into it. Here I go again, demonizing social media. But really, don't spend all your candle power on those things. Another time this week, like I said, recent history with me messing up my energy. So like I said, take everything I say with a grain of salt and also the knowledge that I am right there with you, friends, is I thought it was a good thing. We had our laundry a little bit backed up and I thought, okay, I am going to knock all that out, leave for work a little later, but still be there on time. And then I'll stay after school tonight. <laughs> Terrible idea. I was using my peak energy on folding laundry. I sat in more traffic in both directions, and then I ended up being behind the eight ball and staying later to work on planning for about two hours after school when I was completely spent. So this is not a zero-sum game. You don't have to do it perfectly, but do think in terms of you do have peak energy times, and those are gold, and that's when you really want to do your high-value tasks, not your lower-value, more mindless tasks like scrolling or doing laundry. Another energy thing you can put in your bag of tricks is actually using your lunch to refuel all the ways. I think a lot of times it's tempting to eat that sad desk salad and try to squeeze out a couple emails or do some discipline referrals or squeeze some things in during lunch when what you might actually need for your energy level and also your level of being pleasant with the students and staff is to refuel at lunch. I remember vividly, and this has been forever, I was a graduate student. My lesson teacher at the time played in a major orchestra still does. Um, and at lunchtime, this person was eating an apple and reading a book 
following my lesson. You could have knocked me over with a feather because the person I was at that time had no concept of that. Um, I was just shocked to see her just munching down on a piece of fruit, reading her book leisurely. It wasn't professional reading. It wasn't heavy reading. It was fairly light reading and a snack, and she was settling in to enjoy her lunch break. If she is in a major symphony and had a few kids and was also a professor at college and can do it, you can do it too. And there was some wisdom there for sure about being centered. Along that same train of thought, don't be afraid to take breaks. I think I, if you're like me, I get scared that if I sit down, I'm not going to get back up again or that I don't have time. The school day is precious. I have to cram everything in. I couldn't possibly take a break. But if you go into the world outside of education, people have water coolers. They literally stand around the water cooler and talk. Sometimes they will leisurely make a cup of coffee or some iced tea. And there's wisdom there. Even if you feel like you can't afford it, try to get some regular breaks. It can be the smallest break. And like I said, sometimes scrolling your phone is just a counterfeit break. It doesn't really feel very restorative. But an actual break where you eat something or drink something or read something instead of scrolling or visit with someone intentionally, I think can just be so beneficial and so restorative. Take the breaks. As much as we try to fight that energy rhythm, our brains were not designed for pure output on hours on end with no input or no time to synthesize your ideas. So feel confidently, take those breaks, set a timer if you're worried you'll get out of hand, but you deserve it. Also regarding breaks, if you don't take intentional breaks, you're probably going to take an unintentional one, not doing something very productive. So much better to just take control of that. Okay, back to the music teacher part of things. When you're writing your lessons, try to build some independent work into it. Now, first couple weeks of kindergarten, oh my, that's challenging. But as you get with your routines with your students, as you're writing your lesson plans, uh, do not require something that is going to have you be on for 45 minutes straight. It does not encourage your students to be independent, and it just absolutely saps your energy, not to mention your voice, which we're always trying to conserve. So as much as possible, build some independent work into your lessons. And like, really, it's better pedagogy. This is not 1987. In the same vein, and it's possible that I need the information and advice in this podcast more than even you do, is record yourself for the ongoing things that you're going to say repetitively. It's a little bit of investment of time and front loading, but it actually saves so much with your voice, with the student attention. It's sad, but I think they pay attention more to video Miss Duhan than actual Miss Duhan. For things that you're going to be going over and over again, you could say them 30 times, literally, in a week, or you could record yourself and put it in your school program and just click a button, which would give you a chance to update your grade book, take a sip of water, sit down a minute, and not have to be on. Like I said, it's really a win-win because you can be so efficient that way. And instead of saying the rules every single day or your fire drills where you're just going to repeat yourself over and over and over and wear yourself out, just put it, just videotape it. It's easy. Did you catch I just said videotape it? That's about as much of anachronistic as book on tape, right? The next one is to outsource. Per usual, I could really use this advice myself. It is okay that some things you enjoy more, give you more energy than others. So feel free, if you're allowed to, swap duty with someone if you don't mind one duty and they do. Think about your PTO. There are, I've been privileged to have a couple wonderful PTOs. They want to help you. Let them help you. Think about the best way to let them help you and maximize it. 
Once you get your routines going and you start to get a knack for who's trustworthy, don't feel bad about letting student helpers do some repetitive, mindless tasks. It is totally okay. Now, if that is a source of stress for you, it is de-energizing and you feel like you're having to manage during your off times, then don't even worry about it. But consider it because it really can help you be efficient and save some energy. And finally, at the beginning of the year, the one person on campus that we need to give the most grace to but we forget is ourself. We are willing to cut everyone some slack at the beginning of the year because, hey, it's the beginning of the year, but ourself. So you would not chide the kindergarten student who falls asleep at the end of the day because they're just exhausted. You would not chide the student with special needs that just had a meltdown because they're exhausted and overstimulated and it's the end of the day. Yet, Yourself, at the end of the day, you feel like you should white-knuckle it and pull yourself together and work harder, try harder, be more productive. I say give yourself the same grace and time to adjust as the rest of the campus, if not more so. So, per usual, we're going to recap. I have no idea how many ways there are to have more energy at the beginning of the year, but let's sum it up. We're going to fuel our body better. And beware of those counterfeits that don't really fuel you. Like I said, you do not have to turn into a vegan if that's not your style. But do think about what goes into your body. It really does have a direct effect on how you're fueled. If your schedule permits and you're deciding to work hours outside of your contract time, consider going into work, but also put some limits around that. Set a start time, set a stop time, and be good with it. Save your peak energy for peak tasks and pair low energy things with low energy tasks. If a musician in a major symphony can refuel at lunch with a fruit and a book, you can too. Take breaks. Even if you're not given breaks, find those times in the day that would make a natural break and take advantage of it. You'll find the energy boost is better than whatever productivity you would get from using that little bit of time. Build some independent work into your lessons as you're writing them. Think about routines and procedures and lessons that encourage your students to be independent. It is a good thing for them to need you less and you will feel more energized with it. Oh, bonus tip at the end, don't let me forget it. I always forget when I'm doing these. Outsource jobs, swap jobs with a buddy, get your PTO, student helpers. Think about outsourcing things, not to get rid of your real responsibilities, but to also distribute things, to delegate as much as possible because we have a very big job and it's not dumb to outsource, it's smart to outsource. Think about the Proverbs 31 woman. You're going to give yourself grace and then a little more grace and then a little more at the beginning of the year as your body and your mind has time to adjust to that new schedule and the pace of the school year. Whoops, make that two bonus tips, I guess. Keep me on going. Record yourself for your common things that you use in your classroom. You can literally record yourself once and use it all year long. Uh, the students will not mind and it will make things easier, especially when you're doing subplans and things to have those pre-recorded things. Let the video you do the heavy lifting so the in-person you can take a break. Okay, here's the two bonus tips. It's definitely not because I forgot what the tips were, if that's what you're thinking. Yes, it is. That's totally what happened. Um, another thing to think about for energy is seeking out the encouraging friends. I sent two texts to different people about TMEA. And one text was met immediately uh, with congratulations and wow and good for you. I can't wait. That sounds so good. And another was met with crickets. And that's okay. I wasn't really fishing for a compliment. I was just excited and wanted to share. Seek out the encouraging friends. 
I am so blessed to have a few in my corner who, when I tell them about something, there is not a lick of bad will or jealousy. They are sincerely happy for me and my biggest cheerleaders, and I'm so grateful for them. If you can't have them yet, make some friends like that. Seek them out. They are gold. And like I said, just hearing from them, that little bit of encouragement took them probably three seconds to write is such an energy boost. So seek out the encouraging friends with that with your good news. And finally, a mindset shift that a lot of teachers aren't comfortable with. They feel like they're being slackers, but not all school tasks are created equal. You do not have to go for an A plus when some things at school just need to be a pass fail. Not everything is worthy of equal amounts of your focus and energy, so don't treat them that way. You will completely burn out. Put your spoons, put your big effort onto the high impact things that make the most difference for kids and feel comfortable not slacking, but putting less effort in the past fail things. Just get them done. Looking for more self-care in an easy to digest format? Purchase Happier Music Teacher, 50 Days to Being a Happier Music Teacher at Home and at School, available on F-Flat Books. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.